Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Pedham here as always, and we're finally back for another opposition match preview ahead of next Monday's game against Manchester United and the third round of the FA Cup. We're doing this, of course, you'll hear this on the Friday. We're doing this on the Wednesday. I've lost count of days, and hopefully by the time this goes out and after this goes out, there's no cancellations or rescheduling due to COVID-19. So everyone cross their fingers because I'm tired of recording things and they not go out because of COVID. But anyways, learn my lesson and hopefully it works in the future. But of course, we do need an opposition fan to make any sense of this because my knowledge of Man United is pretty basic. I'm not going to lie, even though probably from a general football fan, it should be better. But of course, we do have Colin Dams from the Busby Babes website and podcast. So Colin, how's it going for you? Hey, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, Manchester United don't play today, so I'm having a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, of course, when we do get um, other North American fans on here, I do like to ask them how they came to support a English club or European club, I should really um, say, of course, mostly because you get some Brits that are kind of curious. Some might not be, but regardless, I like to prolong these podcasts and fill it with some interesting facts. So, how did Man United come to you? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting subject because there's actually a lot of uh, American Man United fans, and uh, with all the Super League nonsense going on, I think that's become a big issue in the fan base. But um, yeah, so my my father's from England, so he's he kind of raised me playing soccer, football, and um, his club is his local club, which is Rotherham United. But his top league team has always been. Uh, Manchester United he was a big fan of uh, Bobby Charlton when he was a kid Um, and in the states when we got satellite and we were able to watch Premier League Manchester United was the team that we followed so I grew up around the time you know Ruud van Nistelrooy Wayne Rooney is my favorite player had just come in Um, yeah Cristiano Ronaldo in those years we won the Premier League and Champions League so I I was all in by that point Um, and it's just kind of kept up since then. So long story short, of course, uh, we had a little chat before this, mainly me just rambling because that's what I do. So an Englishman and of course moves over and you mentioned that you're, um, I think you said, you said your mom was from Ohio. So how do mm-hmm. you end up in Mississippi? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my father is a professor of history. Um, so he got a tenure track position at Mississippi State University uh, when okay. I was a child. So um that job ended up working out for him pretty well and uh my mom's had a nice career down here as well so uh yeah it's it's a nice place it's uh not a lot of premier league uh going on at the bars or anything but yeah yeah a lot more of the other kind of football that uh yeah i know the uh the brits and some um folks in europe hate when we mix the two but anyways um <laughs> our way of life is one way and theirs is another um so i guess i'll have, have to always call that american football on here but uh nonetheless let's talk about united first of course it's been a 
an interesting season to really say the least. Um, I mean, looking really from my point of view at your summer window, of course, Ronaldo comes back. You look at all the signings he made with Rafael Varane, um, Pogba stays, of course. It looks like you're building a fantastic team, of course, highlighted with many fantastic names. How did you feel kind of rolling into the summer and then into the season with this squad? Because I think for me, at least ever since, and I mean, it's easy to say since Sir Alex Ferguson left, it hasn't been uh, rosy at the best of times, but were you confident going into this season at all? Yeah, I was really confident. I thought top four would be, you know, at least top four would be a certainty. Um, Obviously back then, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was still manager. He was coming off of a season where we'd gotten second place. Uh, We didn't really challenge city down the stretch, but you know, we were top of the table in January and the vibes from around that time seemed to have continued at least a little bit. Uh, We got to a Europe league final. Couldn't get the, you know, couldn't get the silverware home. Um, And then we bring in Jaden Sancho, who's a player that, you know, this club has been after no secret for two years now. Um, it, It really seemed like he was a missing piece in our attack. Uh, We've, lacked a lot of distribution and chance creation down the right wing for several years now, Um, a position that, you know, was held by Antonio Valencia probably longer than it should have been Uh, Ashley young and um, Alexis Sanchez obviously didn't work out (laughs) very well either, but uh, yeah, then uh, Rafael Varane comes in after him and we feel really good about this, but um, you know, me and a lot of the other writers at the Busby babe and a lot of other, you know, Manchester United pundits, I'll, we're pretty aware that, you know, holding midfield was not just a depth issue, but probably an issue in the starting lineup that if Manchester United really wanted to push for a title, let alone, you know, cup competitions and maybe the Champions League, uh, this midfield isn't really one that is cut out to compete with some of the best teams in Europe. And now we've seen week to week, uh, this team is not really cut out to compete uh, with most Premier League clubs at times. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a long answer to your question of how I felt coming into this. Um, in terms of Cristiano Ronaldo though, I think that was probably a big turning point in terms of how a lot of fans felt because for a huge section of fans, it was incredibly exciting that, you know, somebody who still scores at least 30 goals a season is coming back to Manchester United, a club that he, you know, went from an 18 year old who liked to do tricks and cross the ball out on the right wing to, you know, one of the two best players to ever play this game. Um, The other half, (laughs) the other part of the fan base, probably a smaller bit than a half uh, of which I'm a part of was very, very hesitant to buy into the Cristiano Ronaldo hype. Um, You know, he's 36 now he's making 500,000 pounds a week to put the ball in the back of the net and not do much else. And, you know, he, he has scored goals since he came back, but the not doing much else part has really hurt us at times. Yeah, absolutely. No. And it's, I'm glad you had a, a long answer there for one. It saves people from listening to my voice and it's an opposition <laughs> match preview. So you're supposed to do that. So good on you, Colin. But the, the one thing that I, I don't speak to United fans that often, um, but the one thing I'm always curious about, and you kind of touched on it there and where you kind of sat with Ronaldo coming back and, you look at the fee for Sancho and then of course, Varane coming in as well, I guess a two-parter one, did you ever think it would really click or is it just names coming in? And where do you sit with 
United and maybe not even United, but when you look at, you could say United, Chelsea, um, et cetera, et cetera, and spending 50, 60, 70 odd million per player. And I, I know whoever you buy, you're going to pay over the odds for because of the club and everyone knows the size of it. And of course the financial uh, value that the club has, but is there any part of maybe you or anyone you speak to that kind of wonders why not go for some more value players, some, I wouldn't say cheaper players, but some more value for money, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely wonder that a lot at times. And I think, you know, some of the targets this summer that we missed out on in midfield um, and, you know, in previous years as well as, you know, the Longstaff brothers, we were also linked with Eduardo Camavinga this summer, who we supposedly had a deal in place with, ended up going to Real Madrid for only, you know, 30 million pounds or something like that. It Scouting and recruiting um, in the transfer window has been an issue at Manchester United for a long time now. Um, I would say even going into Sir Alex Ferguson's later years, you know, some of the players he brought in, they helped immediately at the time, but long-term they didn't really pan out. Um, Ashley Young probably <laughs> being one of them, you know, a, a really exciting player who at Aston Villa week in and week out was, you know, one of the most important players at the club. And at Manchester United, things just weren't going or didn't get going for him for whatever reasons. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that there's a lack of, overarching planning that goes into Manchester United's recruitment and they do like making a splashy signing. So when you do sign players like Varane and Jaden Sancho and Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously those names are a big deal. And when it comes to how they fit into the team, you know, Sancho fits in an immediate need in terms of creativity and width. And Raphael Varane is a pretty good player who can come in for either Maguire or Lindelof, you know, probably starts over Lindelof if both are healthy, but it adds depth to a position area that, you know, past those two names, we didn't really have anyone last season. Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, <laughs> we kind of throw him into probably our strongest position area, which is forward. You know, we have Marcus Rashford, Mason Greenwood, Anthony Martial, and Edinson Cavani. You're just kind of pushing names out of the team with that one. And then you look at midfield and it's, Scott McTominay, Fred, and Nemanja Matic, who can't play more than, you know, a game every other week because of his fitness levels now at this point in his career. So, yeah, it is uh, a little bit head-scratching at times, uh, taking a step back and looking at Manchester United's overall uh, strategy for transfers. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's been an interesting one. And, I mean, it, it's like any football club you look at how long it's taken Arsenal to go from Vanger to find some stability. Um, of course, when you're going from these mercurial managers that are there for 10, 15, 20 plus years, I mean, I feel like the modern day 20 years is about two and a half, three years now, or three seasons, you could say, um, in modern day football at least. And it's, it's an interesting one because when I look at United from my standpoint, it's I understand the business side of it. You want to make the marquee signings. You need to sell shirts, DVDs, whatever, whatever. If people even still buy DVDs, to be honest. Um, but you guys know what I mean. But anyways, I understand that aspect of it. But the one thing that I always just questioned was I feel like United always just buys players more so. I wouldn't say for the sake of it. But when you looked under Fergie, it was more so you'd have the one or two and then a decent supporting cast that could play above their potential, of course. 
And I feel like now it's just like, okay, well, we'll spend 50 here, 60 here. They might fit that, that square. If we, that square peg might just fit in that circle. If we can just grind it down enough and just force it in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, um, I would say the case for a long time that was definitely not helped by the fact that, you know, we had David Moyes come in and then left pretty quickly. We had Louis van Gaal come in for two years and then leave. We had Jose Mourinho for two and a half years, got fired mid season. All three of those managers play styles that are pretty independent of each other. I think you could find some similarities between van Hall and his sort of, you know, defensive ball retention, conservative style and Jose Mourinho style. But for the most part, all three of those managers were guys who wanted to establish their own style, bring in players that fit their system. Mm -hmm. And by the time all three of them had come and gone, you have Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer left with a squad full of players that were brought in for all sorts of different reasons and, you know, didn't really fit together. And, you know, with Ed Woodward as chairman and the Glazers as owners, they really liked making splashy signings, you know, Angel Di Maria, Paul Pogba, Harry Maguire, we ended up paying a lot for uh, Bruno Fernandez obviously was expensive and he's been probably the most successful of those four names, but they don't like to make the signings in, you know, to do the ugly work, I guess they don't like that. <laughs> they don't put the work in to bring in the players that round out the team. They like to bring in the guys that'll sell shirts. They like yeah. to bring in the guys that'll score flashy goals and, you know, make Instagram posts. And I think all of that is, you know, that's all fine. I don't have a problem with it. Like a lot of other United fans have had, like I know Paul Pogba has attracted a lot of criticism at times, but when it comes to putting a team together, there's so much more to it than that. And it has been profitable for the Glazers, but in terms of footballing success, it has left a lot of fans um, pretty sour. Oh yeah. I don't blame you. Of course, spending that money on those nitty gritty players isn't, I guess the players that do the dirty work, it just, it isn't sexy. Let's be honest. Um, But uh, nonetheless, let's shift forward here uh, to the game. Of course, it's our, first FA cup match for both of us in the third round. Of course, thank God we don't have to uh, play in the championship anymore and be in the second round. So I'm I'm very glad that's not a thing anymore. Nonetheless, even though our runs in those days weren't very long. So I don't imagine a club, the size of United will ever feel the championship, but I'll just let you know, it's, it's uh, entertaining on its day, but it's not a place you want to stay too long. Right. Looking at this game in particular what's the confidence levels like for united fans in particular because of course i mean our win at old trafford the one nil of course through courtney hawes and the bruno fernandez penalty which i still think hasn't landed on the ground um just the wildest last 10 minutes i probably ever see typically we play united and in my opinion we just either don't play our to our potential or something goes not our way, but how are you guys feeling about this one? Um, I, w- I would say one thing I am confident about is that the ending of the game will be decided before the last 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not super confident that we'll just go out and, you know, get a two nil, three nil win. Um, I think the days of that confidence are long gone. And, you know, there's been a lot of reports this week that you know, players are still pretty disillusioned with the direction of the club. Um, A few of them don't seem very happy with Ralph Ragnick uh, since he's come in and we're playing in a new formation and style that 
I don't think any of our players have ever experienced that kind of style before. So yeah, I, w- I would say the confidence in terms of getting a win is not super high, but we do have a team full of players that, you know, had the experience of being told go out and get a result. And, you know, there's the creativity is high in some of these players. Um, if Jane Sancho and Bruno Fernandez both play, I would expect them to be highly creative and, you know, get some chances to our forwards. The quality level of a lot of our players is very high. So there's always the chance that we could take control of the game, see something good happen. But I would say right now is probably not the time that I would expect that. Oh, fair enough. Do you expect any, I mean, it's tricky. It's a Monday game. Then of course the Premier League game um, to reverse this um, at Villa Park is on the Saturday. So do you expect any lineup changes between the Monday and the Saturday? I mean, for most, it's probably enough time to recover, but how do you see it? Um, I would maybe see some changes at fullback. Um, Aaron Wambasaka and Luke Shaw have both been coming back from injuries. Uh, they've started the last two games respectively, but um, Alex Tellez and Diogo Dello were both players that stepped in and played pretty well in their absence. So Rangnick might see this as a, chance to re-examine his options in those positions um i would expect probably rafael Varane and harry Maguire both to still be starting um eric Bailly is due to return to the ivory coast camp before the african cup of nations and victor lindelof has missed the last two games because of covid so uh we, we maybe phil jones will start uh, he played very well against wolves um you know, in his return, that was the first game he'd played in 400 days. So maybe out of necessity, he would play, but I would probably expect, you know, them to go strong there. Um, and I am also expecting to see Dean Henderson uh, at goalkeeper. David De Gea has kind of reclaimed the number one role this season, but uh, Henderson has stuck around. And, you know, what we saw last year was good enough to believe that he could be our number one at some point. And I think Ragnick will want to explore his options, especially as the way that he plays requires better distribution from goalkeeping than David De Gea has produced in his career. He's much more of a shot stopper than he is a passer, or really someone who does much anything else. And uh, that's an area of Dean Henderson's game that was pretty strong when he played for us last year. Yeah, fair enough. I, I hope two things happen for you, the United point of view. No goals, of course, but I would love <laughs> to see Dean Henderson wear the cap. That would make my day. I just love right. seeing a goalkeeper with a cap. don't know why he would be wearing it in January, but nonetheless, I don't know. Right. Maybe he wants to keep some of the hair follicles a little bit warm. And I, I would just love to see Phil Jones. Not because I think he's bad. I actually think he's quite decent at times, but he's just such a meme. He just... You, you like to see the right. meme once in a while. I do feel bad for him, though. I mean, you'd think he'd probably want to move away at some point, but let's be fair, the pay packet's probably pretty decent. So at the end of the day, if, yeah. you, if you're happy with your life, you kind of make do with what you will. But <laughs> anyways, Colin, before we wrap things up here, could I get a score prediction from you, please? Sure. Um, I'll go 2-1 Villa. Wow, I was not yeah. expecting that. So that means we're probably going to lose... <laughs> four one or something like that now i don't think <laughs> That's I'm, what I'm ever, going for yeah i'm I've going never, for the reverse jinx <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i've ever had a united fan say oh i think we're gonna lose to villa so you know what i'm gonna ride that momentum uh maybe i feel a little bit cocky my head saying we'll probably 
somehow lose because Fernandez will step on Kanza's foot again or something like that. Um, I'm still a little <laughs> bit bitter about that. Maybe that was something to do with uh, the days of relegation threatening times. But anyways, um, I think those will always scar me. But uh, I'm going to go for, you know what, I'll match you. I'll go for 2-1 as well. Why not? It, yeah. it It's an interesting one because I sit there as a Villa fan and I think we're probably going to finish comfortably mid table. Um, I'm not worried about really what's going on below us by any means. I think we're going to add in January. Um, as of today, apparently we're linked with Coutinho. Um, who knows if that'll happen, but maybe the Stevie, Stevie G, G gave his, uh, gave his old friend a rang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get, get some of that Brazilian flair even further than what we already have. So you never know what's going to happen in games like these, some teams go into the FA cup or Carabao cup and go, you know what, maybe they want the league. Maybe they want the cup more. So it'll be interesting to say the least, but yeah, I'll go with a two and I'll, I'll happily agree with you there, but uh, Colin, thank you very much for joining me. If you'd feel free to uh, feel free to plug anything right now. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Cole. Um, if you are interested in uh, more Manchester United content, you can check out the Busby babe. Uh, we also have the Busby Bay podcast and, um, you know, follow some of our writers on Twitter. They all post some of their own stuff on Substack. That's really good as well. So yeah, check us all out. Excellent. Well, everyone make sure to do that. If you're going to go over there, uh, don't give them abuse, of course, unless it's humorous abuse, <laughs> not actual abuse, please uh, keep right. it PG. But uh, nonetheless, we'll wrap it up there. Once again, Colin, thank you very much for joining me. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at talk Aston Villa, tweet the team at 7,500 to Holt, email the podcast Holtcast at gmail.com. We should be back hopefully just after the uh, United game on the Monday. So maybe you'll hear something out on the Tuesday or the Wednesday, but nonetheless, we'll be back shortly. And don't forget, the villa flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's united healthcare insurance plans Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.